thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to a what's going to be fun-filled hour uh, of Afternoon Army tonight where we're going to be lightheartedly discussing, you know, probably the chillest album to come out (laughs) in a generation. And that is August D's D-Day. And joining me tonight, we have Allison. Hello. And Megan. Hello. And Lexi. Hi. So, okay. To kick things off right now, just to set the stage, we're three nights, two nights actually away from the very first uh, night of the D-Day tour. And I just want to say that today in particular felt like a very busy day in the Bongtan bubble. And that is embedded in what has been a busy couple weeks, which has been embedded into what's been a very busy everything for like since the quote hiatus began. So today we are gathered here to do some initial reactions to D-Day, the album that is the closing of the August D trilogy. But before we get into that, let's each just unburden ourselves with, with one thing that we would like to put forward to the good of the order that you just want to get off your chest of what's either happened today or in the very recent past. I would say that um, Toby doing the dance challenge with Sugar was, I don't like, I didn't have time to process anything today, but I saw that clip and I was like, okay, that's it. That's all I needed to get me through. All right. I can go next. I'll say that, you know, I've been in like, you know, I've been streaming some Hagum. I've been listening to the album a lot. And something I did not expect though was, the little like three minute clip we got of going into the sugar psyche as he prepares for the album and that prepares for all the fan greetings. And so we see him doing his like fan challenge practice. We see Puck Jimin entered his subconscious, you know, being rather relentless, telling him to do it again and again. We see him practicing his signature so he can sign the posters well and having kind of like creative uh, angst over how well he signs his pictures. We see the fans, like him practicing his fan meets where the fans are all little puppets. And here's the thing is, I guess a lot of this album and a lot of the content is pretty serious. The music video is amazing and very serious. And then all of a sudden we pivot into something that was just legitimately hilarious. And it was a lot to realize he does so many things so well that it just made me have to sit for a minute. <laughs> for me, I think it's 
it's been a bit of that too. It's the absolute relentlessness of of this release. Like it, it has not stopped. And I don't know, everything new feels like a revelation. Like there's nothing that's tiny. Like everything is major and has significance. And it doesn't mean that it's emotionally significant, but it's like really funny or interesting or odd or whatever. And it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot to cope with, honestly. And we keep sort of telling each other, or Leah and I anyways, telling each other that, I mean, I want more, but at the same time, I know it's not going to last forever. So I'm trying to be um, wise with my consumption at the same time. Yeah, I put a little note in stories today that like, you can consume this content at your own speed. You don't have to do it all in one day, rest, hydrate, take a nap, like it's relentless. And don't it you it's still going to be here like don't feel like you're going to be left behind plenty of time to catch up um and i just felt like that was really important because we were all i mean even in the group chat we were all like i can't breathe like there's just so what's happening now i i literally folded laundry for an hour went back to instagram to do some dms and what do i see he's gonna like yungi's gonna be on jimmy fallon i was like i step away for an hour then I went to pick up my daughter and I found out that Jim is flying to New York. What? I mean, it, it, the hits, they just boom, boom, boom. But I think the one thing that has stood out for me in the past, well, since the music video dropped, uh, hey, for Hagum, he is such a good actor, you guys. And he can do comedy, he can do drama, he can do murder. And I just, I feel like, when he said, like, he was like, oh, yeah, they would send me scripts after Detroitara. And I was like, yeah, I can see why. Like, you just, I don't know. I want more comedy. I want more of him stealing tangerines and running in the streets. Like, I just, I think it's, that's just fantastic. So, yeah, the one thing I'm taking away from right now is like, like Leah said, we go from very serious to very funny. Um, and it helps, like, with the levity, but also, like, it's so amazing to me. Like, how is he just good at everything? There's a meme today that was like, when you're good at dancing, but it's like the ninth good thing you're that you're good at. So like, you don't care. I feel like that encapsulates him so well. All right. So before we get into the main event today, which is, you know, unpacking and having reactions to D-Day, what's another song either with the conceit being like BTS sugar or going into that ultra ego and the mixtapes of August D? that you want to give some praise to and why? So I want to give praise to eight with IU. It was the first uh, sugar song that I had listened to. And I didn't know, I didn't know who he was at the time. I was just listening to OSTs and whatever would pop up on my Apple um, playlist that were related to that. And that one came up and I'm like, Oh my God, I love the song. And I was just listening to it all the time. And then got into BTS and then that song came up and I put the two together and I was like what in the world <laughs> just happened um and I still to this day love that song and I was so excited when they performed it recently so that was great I can um say that I I always think about Seesaw because to me it's a perfect representation of this thing he's really good at of having a fun little beat a good song that he does his his you know saucy little dance to but with absolutely devastating lyrics with you know the saddest (laughs) 
most hopeless content. Um, and I think it helps to get messages across, to be honest, if you can sort of alleviate the content with the melody and the beat. And he does that really well. I think it's just really representative of him. I was much happier not knowing what he's not meant, what the lyrics meant. Um, but I I accept <laughs> what it means now too. Um, but yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that he's so good at. It's devastating. So that's like a Mary Poppins take of like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down basically. Exactly. Megan, how about you? Um, I just love the song Moonlight. Um, I love how he laughs in the beginning of it and the like funky vibe that it has to it. And like hearing him in it, it seems like he's having a lot of fun. And it's a song that I heard like really early on in my army career as I was like just listening to like playlists and like shuffling things. And then to like kind of find out like it's on this album where he's like really rough, like almost like rough and tough about it. I just felt like, oh, that was not that it was like out of the ordinary, but I just was like, that's a different vibe than like the other songs on this album. So I just really like it. I feel like he's having a good time in it. And I don't know, something about it just, it just gets me every time. And I'm going to shout out people, which I won't spend a lot of time on because he really likes people. And so like, you know, if you want to know a lot about people, look it up because he's happy to talk about how much he likes people and listens to it on its own, which good because it's very good. I would say this was a song that I listened to early in kind of my sugar Augusty journey. And it just got me really quickly. Um, I think the lyrics of who says people are animals of wisdom for me, obviously were animals of regret was a little bit of that, like just slit my throat and like pour the truth in, but it hurts. And then again, like, just kind of like that hook of like, he's really good at some mm, 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 <laughs> stuff and like the why so serious. It's just, I really love the song and I find the lyrics to be very smart and sad, which I think is a good wheelhouse for him. <laughs> I would say right. too, if, if, if you haven't um, seen the live that he did when D2 got released, um, I would recommend that, like, just in the context of people, because you can tell how much he likes it, not even by how he's talking about it, but by how he's like bopping along to it. And it's just nice to see somebody like that work that much. I have to say it's, it's, uh, it's, it's worth watching. And it's also worth watching just for him talking about how he likes to lay little, little traps for people to be caught in for cockroaches <laughs> for cockroaches plus shout out to the tiny bottles of cologne in the background in that video so yeah that's the d2 release live from 2020 if you're a fan well worth going back and watching it i think you have to be a fan because it's <laughs> really? it's, it's long and he a lot of it is is him just saying what time he got the final master in for a given song so it's very yungi technical but um it's worth it i think yeah like you want to go to sleep but you want to be like entertained and intrigued yet you're gonna feel like you're i have a book i 
I listened to, I was telling Lexi this recently that when I need to fall asleep, I listen to the fall of Carthage. It's a really weighty historical um, nonfiction that really just talks about like every Ptolemy that's ever existed. And within like 90 seconds, I'm asleep. Look, I'm not trying to say that's what this is. It's really entertaining with that kind of level of um, details that no one needs yet. I'm really interested in like underpinning it. Okay. So pivoting to the album, let's start with expectations versus reality. What did you think you were going to get from D-Day compared to what you actually got? Megan, do you want to jump in? Um, sure. So when we got people part two, I just thought, okay, we're probably going to get like Yungi's, a little bit of Yungi's softer side and that's okay. Like the lyrics, you know, I wouldn't say like soft, but the song was just a little bit softer. He used more of his vocals on it. And I was like, okay, that seems that that's great. I love it. Um, and while we do get a more emotional side of Min Yoongi, um, he went hard, uh, on this album. And when I say that, I mean, emotionally, lyrically, and the beats, like, I don't even know, like some of these tracks, I know that he created in his mind. Like I watched the documentary, I'm watching him like create beats for this album and it's genius. Um, so, you know, I look at like, um, Amygdala and it's like so fucking heartbreaking. The lyrics are just, I mean, damn, they just hit you. Um, snooze is like reassuring but also inspiring and just really beautiful and like i don't even know where to start with hagum it's just something else entirely it's the meaning there's two meanings of hagum one is the instrument and one is about lifting a band and i felt like this song is like lifting the idol band like this is what idols do and this is what idols don't do and he just said fuck that that's done. I'm done with that. This is what I'm doing. Um, and I just thought that is so fucking genius. So like, to me, this man can and will run circles around the music industry. And I feel like everyone just should be on notice for that. Like this album start to finish is so different. And I know I say that a lot about what BTS and what the members do, but where we got like different genres from Namjoon and it felt like he was more like experimental. This is so Min Yoongi. It It's it, like almost diabolical. It's almost like the, th- like the amount of thought and the amount like of him that he put into this is just, I, I don't have anything to compare it to. I do not have anything in the West that I can, pa- can compare this to right in this moment. Like nothing comes off the top of my head, which I, I'm like speechless, to be honest. Like I listened to it the first night and I was like, I don't even know what to do. How late can I stay up and still get my kids to school in the morning? Cause like now I'm excited. Now I'm thinking things, you know? So yeah, that's, that's where I am. Lexi, how about you? You know, people part two confused me a bit. I, I, it wasn't what I was expecting and 
not that I didn't like it. It just wasn't, I, I, I thought he was going to go hard right away. So I felt sort of lulled into a sense of security. Like it was going to be softer, a bit like what Megan's saying. Um, but then once I saw the Higgin video and we were fucked basically, sorry to be, to be strong about it. Uh, and then I went into the album basically still processing the video for Hagan, which I continue to at this time. So it set the bar really high, but then every, every new song that came on was it. It was so good. I mean, it was, my expectations were really high, but this just blew them apart, like surpassed them. It, it's it's again to sort of borrow what Megan was saying it's so him it's like the pinnacle of him in a way and so every part of it um even if there's like disparities between the sound and the approach and I mean there's an instrumental they're all they all are classic him but to the next level you know like he's really reasserting himself and I think creating his his style or asserting his style. And I think the whole emotional underpinning of it too, like the whole rejection of the past and also the future and just being present is such a radical departure for him and for a lot of people, to be honest. So yeah, it just, um, I, I wanted this album and I didn't realize how much he was going to give it to me. <laughs> Like, I didn't know how much it would be what I wanted. It's amazing. Yeah, I, all of that, but also like what you said about he's living for right now. Like he's, you know, it's like not so much of the past and there's so much for the future, but like right now. And then the last um, podcast that Leah and I did when we were talking about collabs, you know, I said there are, he's doing D3 or not D3. Everyone's always gonna be D3. It's D-Day, which is like, this is everything's happening right now. It's D-Day. And so I, you know, I had said to Leah, some people are in their August D and some people are in their D2 and some people are in their D-Day and it's going to hit, all those things are going to hit different for different people. And, you know, I think you're right. Like it is so like quintessentially him right now, what he is doing right now. Um, and I almost felt like it was so vulnerable for him to do that. And I, not to get into the documentary, but there are parts that now make so much more sense to me because I, I listened to this album before I actually dove into the documentary. I couldn't even dive into it till I think like Saturday night. And my God, like to just expose yourself in that way, it's, it's like, I remember in the chat, Leah said it was inspiring. It is very inspiring because it's exposure almost to what is happening right now. So yeah, I totally agree. Allison, how about you? I I don't know. I guess I trusted Sugar in the process and I had very high expectations of this album because I love um, the prior to August CDs and releases and this one did not let me down in any way like I remember waking up at like two o'clock in the morning because I'd fallen asleep and watching Hagum and being like okay yep this is where we're going and then listening to like I set up my like listening like I had my journal and my Augusty mug 
and was ready to listen to the full album like in the morning when my brain was actually awake and like d-day played and i was like yep this is this is it <laughs> like i was this is what i was ready for and then just to hear the album unfold was incredible and to listen to who he chose to have on the album the collaborations the other artists that he brought in was yeah, I it met my expectations, but somehow went beyond them as well. And my expectations were high. What did you think, Leah? Um, and for me, I think, you know, I'm not going to repeat all the things you all said, which I echo. I just want to acknowledge that a month ago, this album wasn't officially acknowledged in the world. And I just need us to like sit with that too. So I never doubted that we weren't getting an album. Because my logic brain was like, this anti-capitalist king is not going to do a world tour without an album. <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect. So I was expecting it, but I just wanted to just share that like this has not, <laughs> like when we're talking about the fact that like this is all coming down the pipeline very quickly he has been working on this plan for a long time not really telling us a lot <laughs> and so i just that's all i just want to acknowledge that so but beyond that my expectation was i get nervous because i always just get nervous i almost have stage fright for them which is funny um but i i mean i thought it was going to be awesome and it was what was the award that like, you know, in the 2019 era that V gave Jungkook or vice versa, which was like, you are everything except you're more awesome and exceeded all expectations. That's like the award I want to give this album. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you said that you were like nervous, like you had like stage right because I was so nervous on Thursday night waiting for the Higgum drop that I had to go watch Carpool Karaoke, you guys. Like, I had to go to my comfort place, my BGS comfort place, and watch it just so I could like calm down and not hyperventilate. My kids were like, what's wrong with you? You have your Kindle up, your phone's on, your laptop. I was like, there's a music video and it's about to drop. And I'm just so excited and so nervous. And they're like, oh my God, mom, you're just ridiculous. And I was like, I know, but also all of these things. So yeah, to echo that, my sister who, you know, is one of my best friends, I love her so much. She called me last week and was like, I'm going to start jogging. And I, would you like to do it with me? Cause like, sometimes we like work out in like some sort of like symbiotic way. And she's like, I'm just going to aim to do like a slow mile every day. Do you want to start this week? And I was like, no, I don't. And that's not because I wasn't looking to like, and have any physical fitness in my life. But she was like, why not? I'm like, look, I'm just, I'm really busy. I can't. And she's like, and she called me. She like put down the text and called and she's like, oh my God, you're so busy. You can't like jog for, you know, 15 minutes. Like what, what's going on? I was like, look, there's an album release on Thursday and it's really just going to take my whole week. And she was like, I literally don't understand what you're telling me right now. Like I hear you speaking words, but they don't make sense to me. She's like an album's releasing Thursday. So you can't jog the rest of the week. And I was like, honestly, 
no, like I'm all full up. Like I need to sit and just like stew in it. And that's my calendar. Like I'm working. I'm going to do like the kids stuff I've got to do. And then I'm just going to like focus on this album coming out. And you like, you only know that if you know that, like you have to be in a very like specific space to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, my husband is, is done with sugar and bts and so this like album drop has he's he's like i just can't with you anymore so you're gonna have to just like go elsewhere for this and i was like i i don't know what else to talk about or to listen to because i was listening to the streaming playlist and he's like how many times have we heard this song so then i had to explain streaming to him and he was like it got to a whole thing. There was fighting, but it's fine. I just know that I can't talk to him about this anymore. And I have safe spaces to do that. So yeah, it's, if you know, you know, if you don't. I, I took the day off work on Friday <laughs> I for this. I just did. I knew I needed it. I need the time. And I told my husband, I'm going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be kooky. And, you know, I scuttled down into the basement where I belong. <laughs> I was at a dance competition all weekend. So I kept like going on my phone. And when Leah was hosting the uh, Patreon call, it's like, oh, I'm going to open up half an hour early for Army. And I was like, okay, I have to go take this call. And my daughters were like, if you miss our dance because you were talking about BTS, you're out of this family. And I was like, I, pr- I promise. I know. So in the middle, I'm like, do we know what number we're on? And my daughter was like, just hang up the phone. I was like, I- just ask it what number we're on. Like, do we know? Like, it's bad. Yeah, we have a, the only TV at our house is in our bedroom. And um, my husband works in an office, like in our closet as like a post COVID hangover. And I was like, look, I'm sorry, on Friday morning, I'm taking the morning off and I will need access to the bedroom to watch this. And, you know, he's he's working hard on support. And so basically what happened was he came home from doing school drop-offs. I was already in the bed wrapped up in like so many blankets that were like self-soothing me to watch the video. And what I appreciated, and I, you know, he doesn't listen to these podcasts, but what I'm going to shout out he didn't make eye contact and he didn't even say a word. He just shut the door. And I was like, that is as it should be. Because right now I don't even want to like, look your, like, I didn't even like barely. Good man. Good man. It was, it was a highlight. I really, I need to give some more appreciation and be like more of that, please. More of that complete ignoring and leaving me to it. All right. So Allison, just as a shout out to, you know, the other pod afternoon, delight. Megan, our host over there, she's not ARMY, but she's very K-pop enthusiastic. And she has been really enjoying the Shiga release. And today she said, would you mind asking Allison if she feels like, you know, when we're dealing with this alter ego with like August D and, you know, trauma unpacking, does this remind you at all of the drama Bad and Crazy and the character K? Yes and no. So in my professional opinion, um, disassociated identity disorder is born out of trauma. So if you're dealing with trauma, like 
everybody disassociates to some degree. You know, you're driving down the interstate, you're thinking about the groceries and things you need to do that day. Disassociated identity is that, but to the extreme of I can't process this. So there's going to be another part of me that's going to step in and it's a fully formed part that has its own personality and its own like personality characteristics. So K is a fully developed, like disassociative identity part of like, I can't remember the Dongwook's name in that. Um, and to me, and maybe I'm wrong, not diagnosing anything, but August D, the D2, this feels like a conscious way to handle the trauma. And like, I'm going to connect with this part of me to help cope with what has happened rather than letting some part sort of take over, if that makes sense. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. And there's definitely like room for other interpretations. But I feel like with D-Day, and just that we know that this was the death of August D. He was driving the car, so to speak, and he was saying, no, I'm choosing this because of all the work that I've done to help integrate these parts um, rather than letting one steer the ship, so to speak. So parts work, yes, DID, question mark. And that's how... That's how D-Day and August D came across to me. Very fair. All right. So I just wanted to give a quick little aside to a name that I noticed, you know, we get used to a lot of the producers that are at Big Hit. We see their names, you know, P-Dog, just to give one shout out, who was all over face and really just like a debt of gratitude to P-Dog. You know, we have Slow Rabbit. We've got a few others that like we see quite a lot of. And one is El Capitan. I'm just going to go with El Capitan. They put an X instead of an A, but you know, there's no other way to say it. So we're going with that. I just wanted to say that if you look at the track list, you notice on D-Day, that name comes up a lot. The only time it really doesn't come up, I think is Higgum. Um, There may be a few others, but really like they're on almost every track. And so look, every single song, that has sugar and El Pit Capitan on the credits ends up being just ass kicking, like a total masterpiece. And that goes from, you know, external collaborations like Heise's We Don't Talk, you know, anymore song to I Use Eight that Allison acknowledged. And then, you know, internally within BTS, there's that little side song, Ding, that, you know, some folks may know. <laughs> Then, you know, we have Shadow, we have Respect, another little song, Detwita. I mean, it's a long list. And I'm just scratching the surface here. And El Capitan isn't just a producer for BTS. They have credits on Epic High, TXT, and Hyphen, and on and on and on. Like, this just keeps going. So just for a little bit of context, this um, El Capitan used to roll by the name of Jay Pearl and was an idol for a hot second. And we do see them featured 
peripherally, but importantly in uh, the documentary that we're going to talk about, um, I think in the next podcast is a little bit more of a deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> um, and Megan, I know that you had a couple things to say about El Capitan. I just want to say one thing, which is give the man a patience award because in the documentary, he sat at that table while Yunki held court at like the end of the table in the straw hat, just talking stream of conscious about whatever it was. El Capitan's just right there next to him, like a supportive friend, just like eating his hay barbecue, just being like, okay, that's great. Just like, I'm just going to like nod and eat. And we can bring that. We'll, we'll get into that in the later, the next pod that we're going to deep dive into the doc. But if anyone else has anything to say about El Capitan, all I have to say is I'm excited to see what else they've got next coming because obviously they're a mega talent. Um, well, first, he looks great in glasses. I just need to get that out there. So if you haven't seen the documentary, he's, I can see why he was a K-pop idol at one time. He just should be on the stage again, whatever. It's fine. Um, I agree, Leah. Like, I laughed because his subtitles, okay, if you watch K-drama, you know that sometimes, like, like, if you watch it as much as I have, or as many as I have, which most of us have, you know that sometimes the subtitles don't match. And so, like, they'll say something and, like, the subtitles for us will be, like, yes or no or hmm. So he, you can just talking to them in his cute little straw boater hat, whatever that is. I don't even know what that kind of hat is. And he's sitting there, El Capitan is sitting there and he just is, like, mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm. And, like, the, but the subtitles are, like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. And, like, that's not... He's, I don't think he's listening anymore. Um, the only thing I was going to say is I did, had no idea who he was prior to this. And Leah, thank you for bringing up all that work because those are some of my favorite songs that uh, he's helped work on. Um, but also there's a clip floating around the internet right now. And at first the rumor has been for a while that's Wusung. And it's a clip where they're sit. You don't see the person in front of Yoongi. You just see Yoongi. And he is telling this person to sing a part of a song and the person sings. And then he says, like, do it hard, like more aggressively, sing more aggressively. And the person does. And then Yoongi gets this like look on his face and he's like, oh my God, you sound like Jungkook, basically. And so I've gone through all the comments on every video I could find. And everyone's like, it's Wusung, it's Wusung, it's Wusung. But I'm wondering if anyone knows, it's, is it actually El Capitan? Because El Capitan was in the documentary at that moment when they were, when that scene, where that scene is cut from. So that was my question, because I think it is El Capitan. I, at first I thought it was Wusung and I was like really excited, but now the error of my ways, I'm backing it up a little bit. So Lexi's on her head. Lexi, what do you think? I think it is just based on the contextual, that, that's what I thought. I don't think Wusung was there. So yeah, that's, that's what I had thought as well. And if that's the case, he sounds amazing. Like, let's yeah. give the man something to sing right now. All right. So let's get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes of the album. And so why don't we just all say, you know, look, there's no, there's no slouches on this album. I think we are all in agreement there. Like every single song was put there with intention and plays a role. There's nothing. There's no oopsies here but and I don't even want to say let's pick favorites because I don't I mean like if you have a favorite 
for sure share it. But I think that can bring pressure too of like, how do you choose among a bunch of like lovely, artistically creative, in my opinion, masterpieces. So what is just a song you would like to just acknowledge tonight and why? I'll go first because it's the first song. D-Day for me was when I knew that this was going to be quite the album. I mean, I knew from having seen Pegum from from the video, but as soon as the beat started on D-Day, I was like, yes, (laughs) this is what I wanted and needed. And I think at the same time, lyrically, it really sets the tone. I mean, it's the mission statement for the album. It's, we're not looking backwards anymore. That's stupid. Don't look forwards. This is now, forget all the rest. It's D-Day. And again, I find it really strange sometimes to be, um, to take life advice from, you know, men in their late 20s up to the age of 30 um, who have lived a life, but not, not a life like mine. But he's so insistent on it in that first track, but it's delivered in such a banger. It's incredible. Like it really, it really worked on me. And I think it was the perfect way to open the album too, because it has that energy and that momentum that just gets everything started. But at the same time, it's like a breakthrough. It's like him saying, this is it. This is the realization and this is the tone going forward. So for me, I just, right away, I was like, this is going to be it. Megan, how about you? I'm going to cheat and do two, but I'll make it quick. Um, because it's hard for me to pick, but huh? Um, it's just so fucking brilliant. I just, I can't with that song. Like, I heard that song and immediate was like, damn. Um, bringing J-Hope into, like, taunt the naysayers, though, is, like, the biggest fucking flex. I, and I love it. Because I really thought that song was going to be about confusion and it's not. That song is about, oh, you think you're this? Huh. I'm I'm surprised that you would think that. It's just, it's such a flex that I just, it, I don't even know. I love it. It's such a hype song. Uh, It's my new hype song, by the way. Um, And then just a little, little shout out, little baby shout out to SDL. Because what I didn't expect was an R&B love song with 90s vibes that's what I wasn't expecting on this album and that's what that song is and I love I love it for that so yeah Lexi I want to say about SCL something as well because on first listen I have to say that it was I don't even want to say my least favorite because it doesn't make sense in the context of this album but I really like the very hard hip-hoppy songs generally speaking but Knowing how he paid attention to song order now and knowing what the song before, which is Amygdala, and what that's about, SDL is such a relief when it comes on now. It's such like, even though it's one of those songs like Seesaw, like I mentioned earlier, where it's deceptively uplifting, um, because what he's saying is not that (laughs) uplifting. It just lets you breathe after the intensity of Amygdala. So it's I think it's like most improved (laughs) to me honestly like upon listening like just if you're listening to it all the way through you need that that break and that levity for for a second and it's so well executed I mean as usual 
Allison, how about you? Um, Polar Night was the one, like, I don't even remember how I was listening to the album or the, yeah, the album and was able to see like the translations pop up. It must've been YouTube or something. And I remember reading the lyrics to Polar Night and being blown away and that, so now I just listen to that song because I want to like remember those lyrics. Like I was having dinner with a friend the other night and she was going around and we were supposed to like talk about our superpower, like what superpower we would have if we could have it. And I said, well, my superpower is I'm 99% rage. You just don't know it. And that is, I don't know, Polar Night to me is 99% rage and really just hits in my heart <laughs> a lot. The I live in Nebraska and there's some really awful, truly horrific things going on in our legislation right now. And I am full of rage all of the time. And this song helps me connect to that. And I am trying to fuel it for good and like help it direct me to um, connecting with parts of the community and reaching out to the people who need to hear why I'm angry in a healthy way. And that song has helped me do that. And look, I don't want to say I feel bad. It's not basic. But to me, Amygdala is the song of the album. (laughs) I just feel like it's getting a lot of attention today because the music video dropped. There's lots of songs of the album, but I think this one, the first time I listened to it, and it's really interesting to listen to the albums drop as newer ARMY. I mean, at this point, we're not the babiest of armies, but we, you know, we haven't been in this game for like, you know, years and years. And so when the album drops, first, thanks a lot to hype for, you know, really just coming through on lyrics fast, which is a joke because they don't. And so the songs come out and it's like, okay, but I want to know like what this means. And I want to know where we're going with it. So there's like this frantic period that happens, like where you're just on Twitter leaning on like anyone who speaks Korean to just do public service and give us like crumbs. And that's how it felt like the first night of album drop. Amygdala, I just, I really feel as if we all have stories that are inside us that we've experienced that are like deeply painful. And I think that when you don't share them, they like grow in the power that they have on you and the power that they hold over you. And so in starting to share the stories that like are rooted in some type of shame or trauma, at least for me, I found it to be, and I haven't been able to do it for like everything, but for some things. I feel like it's like released holds that it's had on me. And so I think that's where this song really gets me is that there's, this is somebody who like can be seemingly so transparent and vulnerable yet has a superpower where you can walk away and be like, I actually have like no real sense of like your life and that's okay. Like, I don't need to know what you ate for breakfast. I feel like I get you and like your entirety And you keep so much private that it's kind of like, you know, a disconcerting experience. But in this case, like the curtain was pulled back more clearly because a lot of their lyrics are usually fairly high level and they're talking about kind of like bigger concepts. So in here, getting more of that, like very personal view of like family trauma, the secrets from the accident, um, you know, illnesses in their family. It was a lot. And then like the hook is just so haunting. 
So a shout out to that because, you know, you made trauma sound beautiful. And I would say too, like, from like, this is just my opinion. And I agree with everything you're saying, Leah. But like, for me, that song, we hear him rap, we hear him do all these like things lyrically, right? We hear all these things. But he's like singing in like a screaming kind of way, like in an alt rock kind of way um, that I feel like we haven't gotten before. And I think that's what makes that song so impactful because you you hear what he's singing, like it the song takes you into like the chorus. And it's not that it's unexpected, but it's just something so new and fresh from him. Like again, I had expectations, but like I didn't know I was gonna get that. And so like I think that's why that's like, that song is just like so standout because him just kind of like seeing screaming that and then you get the music video where he's just like headbanging it's like I don't know it's just like it's so different which is fantastic but again when you don't know what to expect and then you get that you're like oh duh of course we're gonna get something that good right like I that's what's really hard for me when I do these like hot takes because it's like I didn't have an expectation, but then I'm also blown away. It's like, what do you say about that? Right? Like, you're just like, once again, I'm speechless. Yeah, basically, yes. Okay, so how about just, let's have a little discussion quickly on some of the collabs that we see in this album. So this is not an album that is like collab heavy, kind of like what we saw with RM and Indigo, but there's some pretty powerful collabs here. So I'm thinking of Hobie and Usung from The Rose or Ryuchi Sakamoto, who um, is the Japanese uh, composer who recently passed away. So does anyone want to speak to any um, of the collabs that are on this album? Um, I'll jump in. I did talk about Huh with J-Hope already, so I won't belabor that, just that it's like an absolute flex and it still blows my mind. Um, But what I will say about Snooze is that, you know, the fact that it's someone who truly inspired him to become a musician. And then you get their like beautiful interaction in the documentary. I just think that song is so beautiful. And then you add in Wusung. And Yungi's voice on it is beautiful too. And then you add Wusung into it. The collaboration just, I knew that song was going to be really beautiful. I had, I, I mean, I just, the who was collaborating on it and where it was going and the name. Um, and I just think like when it comes like in my, like when I'm streaming and it comes up, I almost like, like Lexi said about SDL, I almost have like this relief almost like this, like takes me to like the another, not like another level, but like almost like this relaxing, like, oh, okay, I'm here. We're here. I'm like very grounded in this song. And I really love that. And it's song number nine, which I have a thing about song number nine. So I, I felt like it was like, that's a really special song to me because it's song number nine and it's just really beautiful. So, yeah. All right. So speaking of collabs, this is just kind of a fun little game, but if you could, you know, have a magic wand and make the universe go your way, what would be a dream collab that you would have for Yoongi? The only caveat being you can't choose Jimin because their collab is where at first let's just talk about that just for a second because theories on where that collab is that they teased at in festa 2022 anyone anyone leah what do you think where do you think it is leah i think it's in the same vault 
that has the pictures of Merman Yungi, which is like where he's covered in spun sugar, where he has the blue daisies coming up his neck. Also the same vault that has like Beethoven sugar, where he looks like he wants to play everyone like a piano. Also the same place where he does the photo op where he looks like Fujikaze. Also the same vault that has the place where he's kind of in like the fogged up sugar. Steamy, the steamy. steamy (laughs) Behind like the steamy glass. It's in that vault. Where, yeah, where's that album? Where are those pictures? What are they? Right. Where are they? Wasn't a photo book. Nope. Wasn't a collab. Wasn't nope. some high art film. Right? Nope. I th- what if there's something else? There's Was some high end fashion show that he went to. I oh. there's something else. There's something else because they don't do shit. Like, I don't think he was like one day, like, I just want to do this boudoir merman look. He's like, he's like, I'm going to help someone work on their portfolio. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. You're no, right. and the person who did it. It's like a major photographer, like one of the major photographers he works with all the time. Yeah. And you're right. Because my, like the, the thing that was so funny to me is like, we got that picture so long ago of like, everyone made a meme out of him where he's like squatting, taking a picture. They thought it was like at the Grand Canyon. It's literally in the documentary, like from a whole, like almost like two years ago. And so it's like, okay, he posted on his Instagram and then led us to believe that he was just on this like really relaxing vacation when he was like writing fucking songs for this album. So like, yes, Leah, there is a vault somewhere. It's all in the vault. Also, just, I know this isn't on topic, I just need someone to tell me from the BT21 blind friends. I need someone to tell me that he wrote those lyrics for Shooky when he comes out of that oven. I know he did. I know he did. <laughs> I'm really obsessed and with the Shooky because I listen to the lyrics and <laughs> listen to how they're they're wrapped. I know that man wrote that. I know he did. Okay, <laughs> hey, if I have to, you know, we know we talk about like the what is it like the Unstradamus or whatever, where, you know, he has this history of predicting things. Although he said that since the Grammys, he feels like that broke his predictive powers. I'm going to like Leah Stradamus a theory and we will see time will tell. My theory is we all, we get, we've been getting the conceit has been, we're getting songs as they do enlistment. You know, we've seen the astronaut we've seen on the street. My prediction is going to be this will be an enlistment collab drop from the two of them, because when I look at the timeline, I'm predicting them to go fairly close together in the summer post concert tour. So that's my prediction is like that's all related to the collab in my twisted mind. And it's going to come out then. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, what the fuck? Why not? What? Okay, yeah, let's see, because what's the, what is the tour timeline? The tour timeline is, uh, right now we don't know Japan, but uh, Seoul is the very end of June. June 24th and 25th. Yep. But I think Japan will be after that. You don't think they're going to culminate with, it feels like such a weird thing to be like. It does, but I don't see the, I mean, I don't want to sound too heavily involved in this but <laughs> I, mean, I don't on. looking at the schedule I'm not sure where else it would go 
he needs breaks, right? So I, I don't know. He, it would have to eat into one of the breaks he has during yeah. like, so basically when you look at the tour schedule, the U S is fairly brisk. So, you know, once he goes on Wednesday, we're at a fairly quick clip of concert concert. And he seems to do like concert, concert, break concert, little break next city like that um, until he gets to Oakland, which is only two shows, not three. And so, yeah, from there until May 17th, we're at a brisk clip. Then we know he's going to fly back to Korea, totally relaxed by doing his fan signing on the 20th. <laughs> Not that I have this lasered in my brain, like I can speak about this like ticker tape. And then he's going to start the Asian leg of his concert where it's like two nights, then like a little gap, two nights, little gap. So, I mean, Japan could fit in there, but I mean, I guess it could be after the soul concert it just feels like that stadium soul concert really does seem like a nice capstone. I just, that's what my only question was like, if they drop it, if they drop this collab around June 20th, then Jimin will show up at those shows. Oh, Jimin's going to show up at those shows. Yeah. Well, Jimin's showing up at those shows. I think he's going to do Tony Montana, Montana for sure. Yeah. That Tony Montana hinting, like they're not hinting that for nothing. That Yeah. They I mean, might I, do. They I, might do it for Festa. To be honest, they might release it for Festa. I was thinking that too. I was thinking that mm-hmm. too. This song we've made up. <laughs> no, we haven't made it up. They said they had a song. That song we made up. <laughs> I didn't hallucinate one day. Like, I mean, there's collabs I would like to see. I'd like to see all sorts of cross group collabs within BTS. But this one, they sp- this one bothers me. Because they spoke about it. And then I was like, great, I'm going to get hyped for it. And now we're like, two albums have come out. And it's like, but where is it? So it, we're, gonna, we're going to get it. And then we're going to be like, oh, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Okay. But going back to my original question, what would be a dream collab you'd have for Min Yoongi? You know, anything, anything at all. I would love to see Yoongi with Pharrell, although we are going to get a Pharrell BTS song, apparently, or with someone like Tyler, the creator, or like Kaylee 47, just like really good current blockbuster hip hop. That's what, that's what I want. That's what I want to hear from Yoongi. And I'd love it if it wasn't the kind of thing like we've seen with the past collabs, which I think was informed by COVID that are like recorded remotely and they make the video separately and all that stuff. Like I want him to be embedded <laughs> with these people. Yeah. So that's what I'd like to see. One thing that does not fit here, but I'll just say it here because I forgot to say it um, before um, for the collabs on the album is I would like to point out that the, the person singing on SDL and life goes on is Adora. The, um, former producer big hit producer turned performer herself and she's not credited so i want to credit her adora's great shout out to adora who has done heavy lifting on a number of bts songs all right allison how about you i would say after watching d-day road to d-day halsey like just let those two be super cute together and do each other's hair and drink some wine and do a little collab while they're at it because watching Yoongi laugh like he did in those clips was 
really all I needed in life. And if they want to work together on some songs, I would be here for it. Megan, how about you? As an artist, I'd love to see him work with Dr. Dre um, because I think they match, like they're an incredible match as producers, lyricists, and like at making beats. And I just think that that would be amazing to put those two together. Um, as a producer, I'd love to see him work with someone um, like SZA or SZA herself. Um, she's really come into her own. Um, her music is different, but of the moment. Um, my daughter is like really obsessed with her. And I just, or someone like her. Watching, like from watching Coachella last weekend, you know, I tuned in on the live stream. And I love that they, at what Coachella does really nicely is they will put two artists that like possibly don't match up. Like you wouldn't think in your brain that's a logical match, but then you put them on the stage together and they like, they really work out. Um, and I think he's kind of like the perfect person for that because I think that he has such eclectic taste in music himself. So as an artist, he births really great music, no matter the genre. So I think that, you know, like Lexi had said, of the moment artists, like artists that are popular, I wouldn't say super popular, but I mean of the moment, like they have a certain sound, they're making a certain kind of music. I think that for him, that would be really interesting. Me personally, though, it's Dr. Dre. Like for me, what I want is Dr. Dre, but. All right, I have a few and they're all selfish, but one, and this is a controversial choice I am aware. I mean, not controversial for many, but for maybe controversial for a few folks in this space. Lexi, maybe. I really would like to see an Eminem collab. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say that, but I was like, oh, he's kind of toxic. I'll hold back. I'll do Dr. Dre instead, but I agree. Has Eminem done the work that Yungi has done? No, no. But look, fuck, I am going to always have a slight soft spot for Eminem. And I'm just, it just, it is what it is. It is what it is. And you know, I am a product of my Gen X, you know, cusp environment. And look, it just, yeah, eight mile. I was born, a, I was, I grew up. Well, I didn't grow, I didn't grow up. That's a total lie. I lived a year of my life, a block off eight miles. So, you know, him and, him and I have a lot in common because my mom worked in the Detroit uh, main hospitals ER. And so, you know, where he was playing ball down the road in his sad trailer park. I was living across from a rated X movie theater, apparently as a little baby. So, you know, we got a lot in common. So I mean, Eminem, gonna say. Yeah. You have to admit too, though, to see them like rap, like do lyrics off each other. Right. Like just, at the speed at which they do them. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, look, Yunki is, a healthier person and I'm a stan. Eminem, I'm just, I'm not going to apologize though. Okay. I'm just not going to apologize. I'm just saying. But the other two I have are just completely my own, like unreasonable collab requests. And one is um, Modest Mouse. Again, going back into like, you know, my Gen X roots. And I'm going to see them in a week and a half. They're coming to Santa Cruz where I live. And so I've been listening to um, a lot of Modest Mouse lately. And again, this is the lead singer, very articulate with uh, dealing with uh, 
pain and looking at the world in like a big scope and kind of pondering it. So I feel like yes to that. And then going light. And, and I also am really liking like rocker Yungi with like, you know, the guitar out there just kind of like playing some kind of like, yes, modest mouse. And then also yes to passenger, which is just one of my faves, which is an English folk rocker who does a lot of like introspective, emotive music and is one of my favorites. And so again, I just, I've been listening to a lot of passenger and a lot of modest mouse lately. And I just really feel like that vibe. I was like, oh, I really like like heavily emotional, reflective lyrics. So there we go. Okay. So to close this out for today, how about we just end with what is one word that this album left you with as like a summation of feeling really easy task. Let's distill three years of <laughs> three years plus, plus his entire, you know, <laughs> life history into one word of how we feel. Leah, you took my word. So I had to change it, but it sort of connects. I would say uh breakthrough because, and not to, and I'm sorry if I'm using uh therapy terminology wrong, <laughs> but he has um, done emotional work here but he's also done a huge amount of artistic work. Like we saw him talking about all the lessons he was taking and starting over with dancing and taking guitar and stuff like that. And I think he brought his, his talent and his art up to the height of the emotion he was trying to um, articulate. And it's really intense. Like it's a really intensely emotional, not trivial album um, but I think it really represents a very important realization that he had, but I think that he had to work really hard for. And uh, I mean, that was longer than a word, but the <laughs> the summary, I think, is breakthrough. All right. How about you, Allison? Uh, wrecked. I think about listening to this album from start to finish and reflecting on the lyrics, and I feel wrecked afterwards. In a in a good way. Okay, Megan. Savage. Because it really came for us. I felt it. All right. And then I apparently stole Lexi's word. I apologize. I'm not breaking new ground here because it's being used over and over in conjunction with the album. And that is liberation. And I feel like this really was um exactly that. And so I feel like I'm getting more and more where he was going. Cause at first I did, I didn't laugh in a mean way but when it was referring to the fact that like d-day for them was when they kind of like left their worries behind i was like what hakuna matata moment are we talking about here because i guess i'm a cynical a-hole but i really do think it's powerful and beautiful to realize like how much and how it's so easy to say live in the present because uh it is the hardest thing to do And so this felt like a very exploratory thing of like, what does it mean to actually do that? So our intention here with this pod is to, you know, get into some of D-Day. We're really scraping the surface and we know we're acknowledging that because there's so much right now that, you know, unless you want to sign up for what essentially would be the fall of Carthage and do like a 19 hour deep dive, we're going to have to do this in bite sizes. But the next pod that we're going to do, will take a look at uh, the next pod we're going to do around um, Suga and D-Day. We'll have to do with looking at the three music videos that are part of the trilogy, which is Detwita, um, Hegem, and Amygdala. Sorry, we will have to 
delve into that. And um, and then also touching on the documentary, The Road to D-Day, which is out on Disney now. So uh, yeah, I think at this point, the, <laughs> I don't know what the world will look like when we see each other again. I really, I can't, I can't say. Or when we wake up tomorrow. Yeah, because as we were potting today, we found out that uh, Sugar's doing a live 7 a.m. Pacific time, which is going to be 10 a.m. East Coast time. That just dropped just so he just so we could plan for that. That came out on Weverse as we were doing this pod. Oh, God. Cool. <laughs> so there we go. And that's just what it's just a taste of what's to come. What is that? Like the quote from someone it's like all the women in me are tired so I feel right now (laughs) all right well let's leave it here for now and go hydrate and you know start to do some stretching because we got this is going to be there's going to be a lot of sugar augusty minugi content coming over the next month and no one's apologizing here for that all right well Borje. 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 Borje can't get enough of BTS? Cool, neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoona Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoona Delight. K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.